It's Thursday, January 23rd, 2020, and you're listening to Last Time on Video Games, the show about retro video games and sometimes some other stuff. You're listening to episode 275. That's how drugs work. Runtime for this episode is one hour, two minutes. Hello and welcome to Last Time on Video Games, the podcast that only has legal prescriptions. My name is Jeremy. Well, back in the year of 2013, I'm Tyler. I don't get sick. My name is Zach. That sounds great. <laughs> hey, this is going to get beeped out of the podcast. Amazing. So my life's been great. Um, Can't, can't transition out of that because that's all getting cut. Um, <laughs> Happy thoughts. Um, We played Freddy Farkas Frontier Pharmacist. It's a funny game. It's funnier than the things I just had to cut out. <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely. It's no Monkey Island. No. Yeah, spoilers. <laughs> Not that we've rated it yet. Oh, yeah, I should uh, get the ranking list up. That reminds me. While I'm doing that, why don't we just jump in? Zach, what have you been playing? Because I assume it's a thousand video games because we haven't recorded in like a month because of the stuff I just cut out and also because of Christmas and New Year. We live I've, in a new age. I've actually been playing a lot of very few games, so... Like, I've been playing a lot of Rainbow Six Siege with Kevin. At some point in this whole saga, I had to, uh, well, I guess I didn't have to, but I ended up willingly killing a teammate instead of it being an accident, um, because he was being a dick and deserved it. This um, is fair. I was in a Dynamax raid in Pokemon recently, and someone just kept attacking us. Yeah, it was really lame. What happened was, like, this dude destroyed all of our gadgets, and then was, like, just being a dick. Like, he was playing Doc, he overhealed me, then shot me. And Why? He, like, because he was like, "Go get them." I'm not gonna do that because I don't know where they are, and that's just dumb. And so he did it twice. And after he did it the second time, I got up, walked over at point blank range, and shot him in the face. And what the best part about that was, I got three kills on the enemy team and won the game after that. So, Des- despite his amazing healing talents, well, I just kept shooting until I made sure he stayed down. Like I didn't give him a chance to get back up. I made sure he went down and stayed there. No, I more mean like the game doesn't penalize you in some way for doing that. Oh, or... it gave me a reverse friendly fire penalty. Okay. So if I shot a teammate, it would reflect on me after that. But I was willing to take that chance because that dude was totally freaking useless and deserved it. At one point, more uh, on a funny note, I was dead watching Kevin because he wasn't, he wasn't dead yet. There was one guy left on the enemy team playing Maestro. So Kevin ran into this cubicle and started to set down the diffuser. On what he thought was a body. (laughs) As I'm like, Kevin, that's him. He's right there. And so the dude started moving. And so Kevin goes, ah, and smacked him. (laughs) Killed him. It was great. Just wax him over the head. (laughs) Well, he basically basically smashed him in the nuts based on how the dude was lying down. How did Kevin get there without the other guy, like, reacting? He was on his cameras. Oh, Because that was my story. He's got those bulletproof laser cameras. Yeah, yeah. So he was just lying down on it and looking at his cameras, presumably. So as soon as Kevin started planting the diffuser and he got off his cameras and started moving, he's like, oh, no, the diffuser's being planted. I should, oh, sh-. it was It was really funny to watch that happen. I, I got a big laugh out of that one. So, I mean, that's still a really good game. I'm still not very good at it. Um, I got Maverick, but I haven't been able to do very much with him because I, I think I need to be better at just, like, wandering around the map and just roaming around. Rather than my usual very cautious approach to the game. I had a funny moment where a, 
a enemy Monty stepped on a goo mine, backed into a doorway, and took the needle out of his foot while I was lying down, literally staring at said doorway. Like, I wasn't even behind anything or, like, leaning around a corner. I was literally just lying down, staring into this doorway. And he should have been able to see me there. But he backed up, went to take the thing out, and I just started shooting. So that that went pretty well. It's really funny, actually. Played a bunch of the SD Gundam Generation Crossrays. I also played a bunch of that. So that, like, that game I really enjoy, but I really think it's one of those games that unless you're a big Gundam fan, it's really not the kind of game that you're going to really enjoy because you are Gundam fans already have buy-in. It got really, really high rating on, on Steam, and I think that's just because it's a turn-based tactical game, and I think people were hungry for it because it's kind of perplexing to me. I don't think the game's bad by any means. I have almost 200 hours in it. I don't think it's bad. I would just call it mediocre. It does exactly what it wants to do. It's just what it wants to do isn't very interesting. (laughs) Yeah, it's a turn-based game. It's pretty difficult at the start, and you can make it challenging for yourself. But if if you're a Gundam fan, what you want to do is get a bunch of cool Gundams and pilots. (coughs) And once you do that, the game becomes trivially easy, even on the highest difficulty. Yeah, like I did one mission yesterday where I deployed both of my battleships. And all nine mobile suits that are available on both of those. So I just cleaned house. And you don't even need the mobile suits at a certain point. You can really just move the battleships up, lock on the nine targets, destroy them all. Everybody gets experience and then just move on. <laughs> I have not figured out how to do that yet. But So I was using the Archangel and the Minerva. The, As you do. The Archangel's crew that I have on there is Maru, Nataral. Uh, and the and they're all the Destiny versions of them. The uh, what's his name? Arnold Newman. The yeah, the the no, helmsman. Helm, yes. Um. So the Destiny version of Nataro, uh, which is just a corpse. Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, no, it's Cyber Nataro. Um, <laughs> Obviously, she, she's Cyborg Nataro. No, Captain. Uh, this is not logical. <laughs> that was that was a spoiler. That, my bad. That was a spoiler. Destiny Lacus as the guest. Mirialia on comms. And uh, the Stardust memory, uh, the Stardust mechanic, I don't uh, know her name. Yeah, I know who you mean. <laughs> she is also the mechanic on my Archangel. My Archangel is very much the same, except for it is DaCosta in place of Nataral. And the hologram AI projection of George Glenn as my <laughs> <laughs> navigator. Wait, why is he in the game at all? He's from one of the, he's from one of the Astray manga. Oh, okay. My, one of them, they, for some reason, make a hologram projection based on his brain to be the captain of their ship. Why? He wasn't a war man. Uh, but he was a ship captain. He got them to Jupiter, because in the Astray manga, they are junk dealers. They are not war mans. Okay, so I thought he went to Jupiter on his own? Well, yeah, but he was the cat. I think he had two other astronauts with him. I don't know. I, don't know. I have no idea. My Minerva has Talia Gladys as the captain, Marin on comms. DaCosta is the XO. Well, yeah, better than Arthur by a mile. <laughs> Who is driving? Uh, Tall is driving. <laughs> sure. The mechanic is Murdoch from okay. Destiny, and the guest is Relina Peacecraft. Yeah, my uh, I instead of the Minerva, I have the Ptolemy's two Kai, and they have a similar hodgepodge with Relina as the guest. Although they've got a lot of people from Double O <laughs> crewing the ship. One of my one one of my like groups, the one aboard the Minerva, is like all the custom characters that they start the game with. Like, I've got the three characters I created, and those are going to change, but eventually they're going to get replaced with actual Gundam characters, because that's kind of what I want to do anyway. The only one that is a custom, or isn't a, one of their, like, normal characters or custom characters heroes on board the Minerva from Wing. A couple of them that make me laugh the most is I have a team that is led by Neo Roanoke, with 
Kira, Athrin, and Lacus Klein. That is a way better druggy team. <laughs> <laughs> and then I have the other team aboard that is led by Andrew Waltfeld and has Luna Maria in a, uh, I think she's, no, she's not in a strike noir. I think she's in a blue or a duel. The, Sorry, the I, duel? I have to go look this up. Or a duel. The strike I can't noir remember. or the blue duel. <laughs> um, There's also the Verde Buster. The Verde Buster rules. I really are, like the Strike Noir. Are these suits that exist outside They're of the all context from Stargazer. of Stargazer. Okay. So it's Luna Maria in that. I can't remember the other person. But the third the, the like the third non-leader character of that is piloting the Barbatos Lupus Rex, because that thing is bitch and cool, and it is piloted by Dorothy Catalonia. Uh, I almost used Dorothy because she's awesome. She's the best warmonger in Gundam. I, I have no idea who this she person is. She is like anti Relina. She is okay. she's Catra's girlfriend. Oh, she leads all the mobile okay, dolls because okay. she's like, Maliardo Peacecraft, I want to do a war. And she's like, shut up, girls. Like, but I want to do a war. Okay, you be my mobile dollman. We'll put the zero system in a room. You hang out there and show my mobile dolls what to do. And she's like, that sounds great. Yeah, I, so I have her driving that thing just because why not? Not a destroy Gundam? I had her in a destroy uh, Gundam. I did not thing. have a destroy Gundam. Like, when I hired, when I picked her up, I'm like, I have this thing. I'll just put her in this Gundam because gotcha. my goal actually is to, I need to play through all of the series because that is how you unlock all the princesses. Yeah. So I want to make a team or battleship crewed entirely by the princesses of the series. So like Relina, Mir, Lacus, Cadelia, Ida Bernstein, Cadelia <laughs> uh, out of IBO, whoever, whatever her name is out of, um, uh, Why are double there so many princesses and uh, uh, possibly Kigali, Maria Ishmael out of <laughs> double lot. Is Kigali really a princess? She's more like the president's daughter, and then she- but they do her call princess? her princess. Rolina is also the. Pr- I guess she's the president's daughter, but also a king's daughter. Well, the thing is, like, the reason why I was considering Kigali for the same post is because, like, she is the main. Like, Seed is one of the ones that has two main, like, two primary main characters of Athrin and Kira, and so. That's why she fits in there. Kigali's more of a princess than Mir or Lacus, in my opinion. Yes, this is true. I mean, you're not wrong. But I was like, I'm just going to do that. Why? It's not going to be very good, but it will be funny. I thought you were going to go full team girl squad and get the Astray girls in there. And there's lots of good female candidates from Double Lot. I still will have I, I still have a couple of open uh, <laughs> groups that I can use that with. Because you have four <laughs> groups that you can use. Currently, one of them is entirely consistent, unique characters that they made for the game. Plus, you can get the harem from Double O, or from, not from Double O, from IBO. The other one that I have is the carry base, captained by Maru, and uh, on comms is, uh, what's her name, Mirialia, and uh, I believe Relina? Oh, no, Mir is, uh, Mir is the guest on that one. And the rest is just, like, characters that I just, just random people stuck in there because I had them. Yeah, because you can have characters from different series, um... As multiple characters. Like, there are three Atherins, at least. Because there's Atherin from Seed, there's Atherin from Destiny, and there's Alex Dino. <laughs> Why is he a different character? Because, because of the he's sunglasses. He's a different person. I, the I, got, I got the DLC, which is really disappointing because while it does give me the Gundams and a couple of the pilots from those series, it doesn't give me, like, another campaign, which is what I thought it was going to do. And the thing about Turn A that makes me a little bit sad is you get, like, Ensign Poe, which is one of the big, like, bad guys. You get Soshi, who is, like, one of the main character's girlfriends. He has, weirdly, like, he kind of has two, three. It's complicated. But you don't get Laura Rolla. Like, you can't get Laura Rolla for a pilot in that one. It makes me a little bit sad. I feel like Laura Rolla is a Pokemon. 
<laughs> so, I don't know what it is, but... Same with Setsunafsei, though. That's definitely a Pokemon name. Setsuna! <laughs> Laura Rolla, for a quick tangent, is Lauren Sayak, but one dude, and I I don't know exactly why, just insists on calling him Laura? So the enemies think me, the pilot of the turn A is a woman, so he has to go to a couple of social functions dressed up as a girl. Final Fantasy VII had just come out and it was very popular and had a very <laughs> important cross-dressing scene, so we had to maintain that in all our media for a while. And by we, I mean Japan. I mean, that's still... like I really enjoy the game. So I'm planning on picking up the Dominion at some point. I just don't have the money for it right now. The Dominion and the Archangel have slightly different stats. Yes, they do. It has The Dominion has lighter armor, but better offense. I was going to ask if it just had a higher like edge stat. <laughs> It's black is off the charts. <laughs> That's a fun game. I'm having a lot of fun playing that one. Um, I always, with the exception of today, because of internet reasons, I booted that one up like immediately to because get the dispatch missions. Yeah, to take care of the dispatch missions because I, when I go to work, I set the really long ones. Yeah, me too. That's part of the reason I think I burned out on that game though, is I was working so much that a ton of my progress came from dispatch missions. Like I was able to just afford the Ptolemaeus to Kai one day, like between missions without having to do any farming for it. I just had done enough dispatch missions. I'm pretty sure I, I kind of skipped the entirety <coughs> of the like second tier of double O Gundams because I just was able to have enough experience to move past it from dispatch missions. I mean, that's entirely possible. I just was, I, like I said, I still really enjoy, I'm still really enjoying it. I have slowed down a bit on it in part because like the later levels take so freaking long. Yeah. Um, but the nice thing about that is that you finish campaign and then you're back to the start and you're like, Oh, it's the first level of double O. I just have to kill that one jerk. <laughs> and then it boots up the next, like, probably like episode two or three, if you're looking at it from a, like, a series standpoint, because then a bunch of other guys showed up and was like, kill everything. I'm like, okay. That's true. All right. Okay. My, my Minerva Archangel hybrid with the 18 mobile suits on board, and it's only expecting me to have like five, are just going to wreck everything on here. And this, I just imagine like, Freedom like Meteor is not going to need to do anything because it doesn't, like, I just don't need to. I'm just imagining, like, the Archangel with just, like, a bunch of random mobile suits tied to the side of it because there's nowhere to dock that many. I mean, it's got uh, capacity for eight mobile suits. Does it? Yeah, it was supposed uh. to have, well, it was supposed to have the full GAT series, all five of them, and three Mobius units. Huh. was supposed to be its complement. But even the Dominion only had three. <laughs> They could have put some daggers on there. Maybe they did. Maybe I'm misremembering. I don't think you are. But so I'm I'm still enjoying that one. After that, me and Kevin have been playing a lot of Monster Hunter World Iceborne. Because I, it just came out and stuff. And we both like Monster Hunter because it's an absolutely fantastic game. Has Ed been playing with you? No. Okay. I was gonna say if you can get him online, I know he also loves Monster Hunter. I would love to play with Ed, but he's not online hardly at all. No, we did do working. a uh we did take care of a mission that the two of us had not been able to do, and it makes sense that it was a lot easier than we tried it before. When you have double the armor you had the last time you tried it, because they added another rank to it that is master rank, so there's now master rank armor. So, like, the high rank armor at max might have 70 armor. High rank armor has, like, 140 oh, on the wow. low end. Wow. So, and there's a lot of, there's a few more cool monsters. I was initially disappointed when I booted it up and it was literally just like, okay, the first monster you have to fight is just the fish again. But is it an ice fish? But it was an ice fish. Ooh. And then after that, it was like, okay, you got to go hunt down the emo Palomo. It is black. 
and the, be goth. the the pissing puke puke. It fires water at you out of its tail. It's like a Gross. fire hydrant. Um, I thought this is an ice expansion. One of the other enemies ice was ice adjacent. The, Cold water. There's the saber toothed dragon. The that sounds like a kingdom of loathing monster. The thick boy reindeer also sounds like a kingdom <laughs> of loathing monster. So those are like some of the new ones that roam around in the uh, in the new area, the Horfrost Reach, which is really cool looking, but it's really kind of annoying because it constantly drains your stamina. Like you know how the effluvia will constantly drain your HP. Yeah. In the Horfrost Reach, unless you drink cocoa, it constantly depletes your stamina. I well, like that it's cocoa. It is technically called hot drink and you make it out of chili peppers don't know why i just call it cocoa have you ever had spicy hot chocolate it's delicious that does sound pretty okay but we took the one that we were unable to do was the lunostra and teostra where you have to kill both of them at the same time oh yeah i knew you that was your white whales um so we took that one down um we did a quest where we can now sock at level four gems into vitality cloaks that's cool yeah that was like really nice it was like oh we can do this now I kind of cool. want to play it also, but also I just don't want to do anything. <laughs> that's. I bought it, though. I haven't installed it yet, but I bought it, so that's a start. Yeah, one of these days we I need to try and bully people into getting online and playing it, even though like me and Kevin will be like, all right, we're going to do this, rocking all of the high-level armor and weaponry. Like, why aren't you guys doing damage? Hey, I, that, That's I, why I'm just going to be there and playing my level one support bagpipe music. Congratulations, you get a small attack boost. One of the other things that they added that I think was really nice is they increased the level on all of your Palico gadgets. Um, one of them is the Revive Vigor Wasp. So if you get carded, you can actually get revived by your Palico. That's nice. I don't know how often like it recharges, but having even one basically free cart is really nice. So like that that's a really fun game. I would definitely still recommend anybody who has like a desire to play anything along those lines play that one because it's freaking fantastic. I think a lot of the other monsters that they added with the expansion were actually monsters out of previous Monster Hunter games. That may be the case, but they'd still be new to me. They're new to me. So there's like there's boxing wrecks. I think that is an old one. Um, sword wrecks, the ninja dragon, and who was the fourth one? So you have to compliment it whenever it does a ninja trick. No. I don't, I don't know. <coughs> Ooh, good ninja. I don't know. Calling ninjutsu ninja tricks is just really, really funny to me. Yes. I don't remember what the And it's a f- common but, translation. But why do you have to compliment it? That's what I missed. Because, oh, like, if a ninja defeats you with a nice ninja trick, you're upset, but you have to acknowledge, ah, oh, nice ninja trick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I don't remember what the fourth one was, but we took Shadow down clone most of the other ones. ninja trick. <laughs> We've taken down all the other ones because, like, we are currently sitting on the Go take down the last Elder Dragon, you know, the boss level monster for this area, which one of the things, like, it's an ice Elder Dragon. It's an ice-themed expansion, no duh. One of the nice things is that they made fire a more viable weapon type, a more viable damage type, because before, how the game basically was is Great Jagras is weak to fire. And nothing else. Valhazak is weak to fire. But you don't want to use fire against Valhazak because he's an Elder Dragon, and you want to use Dragon for the Elder Seal. To stop him from doing his super attack. Ah. So it's like, okay, so basically the Great Jagras, which you don't need to worry about yeah, I was doing say You definitely anyway. don't need to pick on its weakness. It's it, a Jagras. The Great Jagras is one of those things where it's like, I accidentally killed this thing going after something else type of situation. It's that Whoops, terrible. I swung a little wide. <laughs> Oops, I killed it. Initially, my first thought was, oh, this is a little disappointing because there's, you know, two new monsters and then just a bunch of recolors. 
But then as we got to the other ones where I, like I said, I think they're old Monster Hunter monsters, but they're new to me, so it counts. It's like, oh, these are actually a lot of fun to fight. Made one of them trivial because he applies blast with like everything he does. But if you wear all blast blight jewel or anti-blast jewels, he doesn't apply blast blight anymore. So that made that easier. They also apparently fixed the scaling. So initially in the original Monster Hunter, it was, is it single player? Monsters have a set amount of health. Is it multiplayer? They have a set amount of health. Doesn't matter how many people are in the multiplayer. It's just, is it multiplayer? And I spawn it as, how many people are in the game? Nice. Finally. That's really nice. Say Diablo figured this out over two decades ago. Anything else, Zach? The last game that I played a bit of, I think I played about four hours of it, was Risk of Rain 2. Nice. Um, you I'm said, sad I didn't get to play with you. You said uh, before at one point that you didn't think I was going to like that game. Why? Uh, because it's a third-person shooter, mostly, and I know those don't tend to be your jam. I would also guess you would not really like Risk of Rain. Honestly. I don't like Risk of Rain, but not because of that reason. I actually like third-person shooters. I don't know why you thought otherwise. I don't like Risk of Rain because it's painfully mediocre. Like, it is not a good game. I'd argue the character mechanics make it very interesting to give a the lot of The character depth. mechanics are boring. The combat is boring. Monsters are boring. The environments are boring. It is functional, but not a whole lot else. <laughs> because, like, you go back to the same environments, deal with the same enemies over and over and over and over again, and they aren't fun to fight. Your abilities aren't really fun to use. Combat is basically just mash just right mash trigger. Buttons. And hope you win, because it's just a matter of face tanking or doing... Or not face tanking, but it's basically just making everything more and more HP soaks. Until the point where the game just was like, alright, fuck it, kills you in one shot. So that's one of the things, like, I I played it with Kevin, I played it with Ed. At the same time. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That was a funny way to say that. (laughs) I realized, I I played it with Kevin, I played it with Ed, and that makes it sound like I played it with both of them separately. But so I played it with both of them at the same time, and like it's like okay, it's okay, but I get more enjoyment out of the game when I get enough of their speed speed up items to accidentally go race car or rocket ship as soon as I go over a hill. Like I just go <laughs> flying into the air if I'm sprinting. But other than that, it's like uh, the gameplay loop's not fun. I don't know. I really like it, um, partially because it's like a time management thing. You have to balance between finding loot and getting the hell out of there so that he can fight the boss before it reaches max difficulty. But the thing is, like, yes, getting loot could do that, but the loot isn't fun. The loot's not fun, the boss isn't fun to fight, so it doesn't matter that he's getting tougher. Like I said, I accidentally killed a boss. When me and I, I got, I was the last one alive, I accidentally spawned a second boss, in addition to, like, the four or five things that spawned as the boss, and I accidentally killed it. I killed the first boss um, in under 15 seconds once, which is an achievement, apparently. I don't know. Like, I like looking for synergies and stuff and, like, trying to, like, min-max a particular character based on what their (coughs) abilities are. Like, you got basically just Bastion. He just doesn't want to move, so you want to give him anything that makes him better at not moving. It's just, like I said, it's, it's one of those things that's like, I can see why people would like it. But I paid $15 for it, and I think I overpaid. Especially when you consider this is a game made by Gearbox. What does... I don't know who Gearbox is. They make Borderlands. Oh. I'm pretty sure they just published it. Yeah, no, I'm pretty sure someone else made this. If anybody else... If it's if Gearbox actually did make it, that is even that is hideously depressing. Because 
I don't like Borderlands, but like I can understand why people like Borderlands. This is one of those games like I would play it with friends. Like I, I, I obviously will play it with people. I'm just not gonna be like overly. I'm not gonna play it alone because I find it boring to play alone. And of course, I was finding places to just jump up on because I been playing the mercenary because he's the only one i actually think is entertaining you need to play more huntress and go kiting the huntress bored the shit out of me i played it once died immediately because i'm like this is stupid i hate having we clearly have very different feelings about how game mechanics work anything that auto aims for me i want control over what i'm shooting at because the game constantly like you want to shoot this thing no i want to shoot the thing that's attacking me not the thing that's way the fuck over there i don't like auto aim very much, because usually it's not prioritizing the things it needs to prioritize. And like I said, one of the things I like doing, like the thing that makes me happiest when playing the game, is accidentally going race car status. <laughs> or airplane status by accidentally going over a hill and going flying. Yes, a mercenary definitely wants to do that. So it lets me do that. So, but, I don't know. I, I don't... I wouldn't recommend Risk of Rain. Tyler obviously would. He's wrong, but he's he would. It's a very specific feel game. Oh no, I also really like the original and I like seeing this adaptation of it. (laughs) I was comparing it a lot in my head to Monster Hunter because you spend a lot of time in the same environments, dealing with a lot of the same enemies, and the combat just isn't there in Risk of Rain. I don't know, it's also a lot more arcadey. That said, I also think Monster Hunter is really boring. But I also recognize that I'm in a minority opinion for that, so. What have you been playing besides Risk of Rain, Tyler? Uh, what have I been playing? So, new Slay the Spire character came out this week. Oh, how exciting are they? They're very interesting. Um, they have, like, stances, so they go from, like, Calm to Wrath to, like, Divine. Um, it seems like they have to make the new characters really complex, or they feel like they have to. It's actually no more complex than, like, the defect, I think, is equivalently complex to this. It's just... I just think the defect in this character sound much more complex than the... Than Ironclad or Silent? Yeah. That is... I don't know. I feel like uh, Defect and Silent actually have very similar engines that you want to build. So, they, like, in my head, they're very comparable. Gotcha. I still don't really understand how to play this character. Like, you want to go Berserk on things, but you also take more damage, so you have to have, like, a bunch of ways to end- or exit Berserk. So, you like, you want to go Berserk and end the combat. Yes, but on longer combats, you're mo- like there are ways to get like incredible amounts of card draw pretty easily. So, do you want in longer combats basically dip in and out of being berserk? Yeah, preferably in the same turn if you can, or like take advantage of the fact that a lot of bosses have like a cyclic attack nature and like and be berserk when it's safe. Yeah, um, I don't know. That one has been a fair amount of fun. It only came out like yesterday or the day before, so I haven't actually gotten to mess with it too much. I pulled up my Steam recently played list so that I can answer this question. Played some Rainbow Six Siege with us. I'm sure I did at some point. Has it been that long? Yes. We recorded last the day after Christmas. It's almost been a month. I d- yeah, I have no concept of the passage of time anymore. It is, it's, it's been. It has been moon. You didn't play very much with us, but you did play a couple of games with us. Oh, I finished episode three of The Long Dark. Is w- that any good? Would recommend. It's better than the other episodes. I so. heard you got attacked by wolves. I did. Multiple wolves. None of them were snipers, but they could have been. They added a mechanic for the story mode specifically where there are timber wolves and you have to, like, decrease their wolf meter. <laughs> <laughs> Is um, that their population? <laughs> No, it's how What's the meter represent Tyler. How willing they are to continue to harass you versus <laughs> how much damage you've done so you to them. You have to lower the morale of the wolves yes. until they surrender to you. Yes. Do they then become your sleigh wolves? Uh no, they just Do run you away. become the new Santa? <laughs>
no, there's no bondage here. What the heck was I going to say? I did complain a lot that Astrid, like, she's carrying a bunch of people around in this. And I'm like, why don't you make a goddamn sled? It would make your life so much easier. Just do that thing. Okay. No, it's pretty good. Um, I like it a fair amount. Oh, the thing I was going to say about the wolf meter is that it's really inconsistent, I found. Like, what will decrease it? Sometimes shooting a flare at the wolves will decrease it, but sometimes the wolves are like, eh, it's a flare. That's <laughs> fine. Um, sometimes shooting a wolf in the head immediately ends the encounter. Sometimes shooting a wolf in the head causes the other wolves to go, oh, you know what? Now you're extra tasty. <laughs> Vengeance for Sujin. <laughs> <laughs> well, if there was a, um, I think it's Zuljin, but I think, um, like that would make sense if it wasn't random. Like if the first couple of them just firing a flare at them would cause them to run away. But then later on, having that kind of ramp up and make it so that you later have to actually shoot one in the head or something like that. I don't think it's random. I think it's buggy. Like, I don't think that's on purpose. But I don't know. I don't know. It's still the long dark. They added some additional mechanics. I really enjoyed this chapter. It's definitely got a little bit of, like, fetch questy nonsense. But overall, it went a lot better than the others. It had side quests and stuff. It's like some sort of sandbox game that is having a sandbox thing. I mean, some sandboxes don't have quests, it's just a matter of how long can you survive. Yeah, well, and that's survival mode in this game. Just, like, the previous things were like, go collect 15 of this item that you had to have already had in order to, like, get this far in the game, and, I don't know, they were, like, really grindy and it was annoying. This one turned out much better, I think. You know, I would like to play... Seven Days to Die Again. I've been having that itch recently. Actually, I've got, we had this conversation, I feel like, back in October, but I have been kind of having that itch, and they have added a lot to the game since we last played. I might be able to be tricked into that, although I've been wanting to play Stardew Valley lately. I've also been kind of on Stardew Valley. Um, I don't we know. still I have a game floating around. We did, yeah, we? I was going to say, I didn't get to play that as much as I wanted when we had that running. I think the problem was, I was like, why did we keep playing Stardew Valley? I could ask Kevin and Zach to play that, but that died. But I think it's because it's on my Switch. I'm technically the owner of that game. And so I have to play for us to play. And I stopped asking. So I think that's the only reason. That uh, could be it. I mean... You could just leave it running been- all the time. You've also been busy. Yeah, well, but this died like months ago. What, and I probably was busy then, too. There have been intervening times where I've been not busy. But that's the sort of chill game experience I could do and be like, oh, yeah, I just have to plant pumpkins. <laughs> so many pumpkins. <laughs> um, I mean, I have I have other chill game experiences for you. But before I get to the chill game experiences, uh, I beat Pokemon. Um, I, I should do that. That's not a chill game experience. I mean, this is pretty chill. Have you gotten any farther in nope. Pokemon? I'm in a hotel. It's pretty cool. Are you still, like, at the beginning? Okay. Okay. That's why I had to ask. You say at that hotel multiple times, ah, so. Okay. Did you ever, Spoiler. did you ever black out? Me? Did you no. ever lose? No, I never I lost. I can't remember the last time I blacked out in a Pokemon game. I, I got close really against close. the champion. I got close, I think, against Dragon Guy when I fought him, but I didn't have a great team, um, and I was a little underleveled. I've been keeping myself intentionally underleveled by just switching Pokemon out. And I had a lot more fun with the game by doing that. I nearly got wrecked by the champion. Post-game, when I did Battle Tower, I just did well enough on, like, my third or fourth try that I, the champion just showed up again, and he kicked my ass. So, Well, the reason why he beat me is I, I had a slow water Pokemon to deal with. Like, I was like, oh, yeah, I'll just use this thing to beat his, his gigantic his Charizard. Zard. And then he was like, yeah, by the way, my Charizard knows Thunder. Well, I mean, why wouldn't it? If you, if it could, why wouldn't it? Yeah, I, I mean, it makes sense. But at the time, I was just like, 
Yeah, you Bazard. Can Charizard learn Solar Beam? Yes, it can. Okay, That's Solar Beam Sunday That's a common strategy on yeah. Charizard Y, is you give it Solar Beam. Because it automatically would uh, sunny, sunny Day? Yeah. It has whatever that is. I forget mm. what the name of the ability is. I don't know. It, it sure is Pokemon. Um, mostly I just remembered that I had done that. Um, I finally got out of my Elite Smash slump and got like five characters in in the last like two weeks. But I still can't do Marth. For some reason, Lucina was a piece of cake, but I am terrible and trash with Marth, and I don't understand why. Gotta master that tip. I guess I Gotta feel like... Gotta play more Star Wall. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I should recommend that for our... Um, I played Super Mario Tennis Ace Strikers Ultra Deluxe, or whatever the most recent one is. That's you, not a bad game. You mentioning Star Wall made me think of that one, like, was it Nidhogg? Oh, oh yeah, where like the, I kept winning because I would just like immediately appear on screen, chuck the sword at the other person, and keep going. There's a Nidhog too, and I don't know what the difference is. I heard, but I think that one has like really negative reviews. I don't know why. I don't know. I haven't looked at it at all. I just know it exists. It just uh, I just ran into it a couple of times. I think I don't know. I don't know like very much about it. So no, I played Mario Tennis as part of our like work thing that I intermittently go to. Um, but I should definitely suggest Star Walls for an upcoming thing. What was the other game I played? Okay, so I also played some Subnautica Below Zero, another ice-related expansion. Yeah, I've been playing. Uh, I be- I played the Lawn Dark, which is Don't Die in Winter, and I played Subnautica, which is Don't Die in Winter featuring a lot of water. No, I played I, Game I, of Thrones. I was just thinking about that because, like, yep, and you're playing. And Iceborne. I'm playing Iceborne. Oh no, I really, really like Subnautica. Uh, <laughs> just generally, Below Zero is also great. I accidentally killed my penguin spy, which is sad. He has. I think something to the effect of, like, 70 different voice lines. There are a bunch of them where, like, the jump button is just beeping, and he has, like, 14 different, like, person just saying, beep, beep, beep. How did you accidentally kill? Um, he doesn't survive underwater, and I didn't know that, and I wanted to test it. So I just put him out next to my base underwater, and he immediately fell apart. I'm, and I couldn't pick up the pieces or repair him. I'm like, oh, that's sad. Uh, so I just made a new one. But Did you name him Alpha 5? I forgot what I named him. Actually, no, it has an auto-generated name um, that's like Peng Mark or Peng... Or one of them was Penguin or, you know, stupid things like that. They're all just really bad penguin puns. Um, what was the actual game that I meant to... Oh, yeah, Civ Six. Have you played any Civ Six, Jeremy? No, one day. Um, it is very interesting by comparison to Civ Five, And it's the first time a Civ sequel has ever been head-designed by the same person who made... The previous one. Oh, really? Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. It is, I don't know, it's just really weird. Like, individual hexes for your cities become, like, specialty districts. So, like, you know how you could build a temple and stuff, and that's just a thing you could build? You actually have to build, like, a holy center for your city, and then you can build stuff on top of it, and you can only have a certain number of specialization districts per city. So you have to, like, kind of plan, like, this is going to be my economic city, and, like, you already um, kind of had to do that to be good, so I like that it's a more on-the-face mechanic. Yeah, um, it's very interesting. Well, and also then pillaging that one block becomes... Very ooh, powerful. Yeah, because you might accident- or you might end up disrupting the entire economy of that sieve by destroying, like, one or two tiles. Oh, no. It's very interesting. I liked it a lot. I've, I think I played two full games of it. It also runs a ba- lot faster than five. Uh, despite having basically the exact same, like, technology... Oh, that's the other thing they did, is, uh, you no longer research, like, ideologies. So you have a separate civics research, which is powered by your culture gain, 
and also science research. Which is kind of how the ideologies, like, I think that was the idea behind the ideologies, because they would pop up whenever you had enough culture. Yeah, but like, get uh, philosophy one. and drama is a civic in this instead of a technology. So you Yeah, my like, understanding is it's much more equivalent to technology. Yeah, it's basically you have two different tech trees and they're just powered by different things. That's interesting. But the tech, tr- the civics trees just give you like access to more buffs that you can put on your civ, and then you have to like manage which ones you want. And your government more or less determines how many of each type of slot you get. You get like war policies, economic policies, and like civics policies, and some of them will give you wild cards. Um, and you have to like kind of decide which one. Like, do I want to get two more great writer points per turn? Or do I want to, like, I don't even know what a comparable thing is, like, get plus two faith per cocoa plantation. I don't know. I was I was reaching. Oh, no. I really like Civ 6. We should play a game sometime. I feel like we should finish that other game in <laughs> Civ 5. 5. I should take over the world, and then we should play Civ 6. <laughs> I'm down for that. <laughs> I still want to play a game of Hearts of Iron 4. Yeah. I tried to accept that gift. I don't know if it succeeded or not. I don't know. My, I'd, have to, I'd have to look. According to Steam right now, you are about to add this item to your library. Oh, is it just, did you Did you already say accept? I did. Yeah, mine keeps doing uh, that A too. lot of times that portion will bug out if you just, cl- uh, if you just close that window, it should yeah, show it's, up it's in our, your window. It's in my library. Just it's just for whatever reason, a lot of times when you accept a gift, that won't stop. And I don't know why. Anything else, Tyler? Nope, I think that exhausted my list. Um, I found out recently that I have Small World on my phone. And I don't know when I got that, but... Small World, the board game? Yep. <laughs> I want to play my Batman board game because all the expansions I bought are coming. And I'm like, I have nowhere to put these. Oh, yeah, we should definitely play more of that. I forgot you had it. I am... Well, I think it'll, I think it's mostly going to be next year. Waiting on all of my uh, Battletech Kickstarter stuff, including my plush urban mech. I'm super excited for the plushy Irby. What have you been playing since it probably hasn't involved a plushy Irby? It has not. So I played a bunch of Gundam, burned myself out on that. So I started playing Hitman 2016, not uh-huh. entirely on a whim. Like I mentioned, I don't know how much I edited out. I was very sick. And usually when I'm sick, I watch anime and catch up on YouTube videos. But I have been depressed. And so all I've been doing has been watching anime and YouTube videos. So when I was sick, I didn't really have any. But one of the Let's Play groups I watch plays Hitman not super regularly, but when new content comes out. And it just puts me to sleep immediately, which is great because <laughs> sometimes I need to go to sleep quickly. But I was like, maybe I should try to actually watch these. I'm like, oh, man, I want to play some Hitman now. And the mission to assassinate Sean Bean is coming back tomorrow. So, like, I have noticed that sometimes if it's a game I'm, like, even kind of tangentially interested, if I watch a YouTuber playing it, I have a tendency to go play it. Well, and also Hitman was one of the free PSN games at some point. I don't know when. But I was like, I'm interested enough, I should add this to the library. So I technically owned Hitman 1. That is such a stupid way of doing it. But yeah, yeah, but that's like, the well, only how way else am it. I going to do it? No, I'm, no, I'm saying that, not, not you specifically, referring to it as Hitman 2016. That's how you have to refer to it because the, there is another Hitman I find it far more already. egregious to have to do Hitman 2 2019. I think it's actually Hitman 2 2018. But at any rate, the fact... That to me is more egregious. Renaming or using the same name again is just annoying. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, speaking of, if at some point you do this, you'll have to let me know how Final Fantasy VII, the new one, again, is. Got delayed a month. Oh, um, surprising everybody. Yeah, to be fair, they announced that it was going to be March 2020, like, forever ago, so the fact that they only missed their target by a month is... I think it was E3 that they actually announced March. Um, Of, like, last year, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, 2019. That's so within... coming t- out in April? April 10th. 
is the official Well, date. even if I had a bigger interest in a game than I actually do, that's not happening. It looks a lot like, oh no, I'm getting pretty excited for it just based on the couple trailers I've Persona seen. Persona 5R is out in April. Ah, I am One of these games I care about a lot more. I'm also excited for it. I'm a little sad I got pushed back, but like also completely unsurprised. So. Oh, I'm, I'm interested in it. I don't know if I'll buy it. If one, if you buy it on like a, a I'm buying physical it on disc, copy, so I will probably loan it. Yeah, I will probably borrow it. I was sad that it is apparently PS4 exclusive for a year minimum. Yeah, so that doesn't surprise me. I'll either. join you guys in 2021. <laughs> I love that the Kingdom Hearts 3 DLC is uh, PS4 exclusive for a month. But I'm like, and I'm just like, yeah, but who bought it on Xbox One? <laughs> <laughs> it was out on Xbox One. Yeah, Steve, who bought it on Xbox One, will have to wait a month while we all play it. I guess. I honestly didn't realize that the Final Fantasy VII remake was actually going to be anything other than a PlayStation 4 exclusive. Square Enix has been really spreading out into PC. I think they see the lay of the land there. Yeah. So is Capcom, I guess, because all their recent games have also been... Well, and traditionally, like, you just develop on a PC because all most of the consoles are a PC with a very specific runtime environment. But I'm pretty sure Sony paid them a lot of money. Yes, yes, uh, that's 100% what happened. Unfortunately, Hitman's a game I like to watch more than a game I like to play. I wish I, like, still lived with my brother because I would watch him play it and it would be great, I'm sure. Also... The nature in which it came out makes a lot of sense for a Hitman game where it came out one level at a time. And then there are a bunch of challenges to encourage you to keep playing the same level over and over again, which makes a tremendous amount of sense, but doesn't work nearly as well three years later when all the levels are out. Yeah, so when you actually have access to it and you can just grind them endlessly. Yeah, I can see that. Well, no, it's because when you release them just one level at a time, you replay the level over and over again. But when you've got all of them anyway, it's like, yeah, I'm just going to go play this other level now. Yeah, and that kind of, but Hitman wants you to replay it, like it rewards mastery that way, and so you kind of get the worst of both worlds in a weird way. Yeah, that's that was kind of what I was saying. I don't think it's a bad game, but I don't think it's a me game. The other game I started playing today is called The Manga Works. It is huh? by the, uh, the makers of Game Dev Story. I was wondering. Game Dev Story? Yeah, it's very similar to, uh, what was that game? Game Dev Tycoon? Yeah. There were, they came out at the same time. They are a deep impact and a final impact to each other. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, it doesn't seem very well tutorialized or translated. That you, is unfortunate. You play a manga creator, so you have no days off, and you just create manga. And the list of manga creators famous than you is full of less references than I want, and it makes me sad. Uh, Stan there, Lee is in there for some reason. Is there an event... <laughs> That's like, people are asking you why you forgot about this character. No, not yet. It's like, when I say it's poorly tutorialized, it, when I got my own series, I didn't realize, like, it can, working on a series is completely different than working one-shots, and it doesn't really tell you that until you have to write chapter two of your series, which meant I had no energy or plot points to put into the second chapter of my series, and was immediately hospitalized and had to beg for a deadline <laughs> extension. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh man, that is... <laughs> How much is this? I think it was 10 bucks. I bought it on Switch a while ago for a rainy day. It might not have even been that much. It is like an iOS game, but it got ported to Switch. Interesting. Um, I think it's on Steam as well. There are things I like about it, but like the when you are doing a manga scene, you pick a genre and a setting. So my manga is a ghost, or is, it's and a type. So I have a battle manga about ghosts in an office building. So, but Mob that, Psycho? Yeah, but that is the series. Like, I cannot change that from my series. Now I just, depending on how many plot points I put in, the 
determines the sort of arc it is. So it can be like filler or tournament. revelation <laughs> or I not good enough to be tournament yet. I wonder if that's what Inspector is about. I, is it Inspector like a ghost? Yeah. Is it in hyphen Spectre? It's in slash Spectre, but yeah, pretty God much. God damn it. Or is that a uh, ghost detective? Mine is called Jeremy's Manga 6, because again, you cannot change the name of it after it is submitted. And, and you didn't realize what, yes. it was a series? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> I am the number five series in my magazine now, though. And volume two sold very well. Are there any like references like Two Piece and Dargan Ball? Not as many as I wanted. There is definitely an Akira Toriyama-esque character who is number 10 on the manga rankings. Joe Dork is the bottom one that is listed, and there's a reference to the person who did Inuyasha and Rama. There's Stan Marvel, but <laughs> who seems like he's in the wrong country. Well, Stan Lee tried really hard to get Marvel big in Japan. I know. Look, I tell people the story of Japanese Spider-Man all yes, the time. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, I say I only know this from you. he didn't write any manga. He didn't write any comics either, Zing. Sounds like an interesting <laughs> game at the very least. I've always liked those kind of tycoon style games. It's less interesting than I want it to be and less well tutorialized is the only thing I'll say. There, I Is that because it might have it started as like an iOS game? It's also Japanese. It started as a Japanese iOS game. So I think it's a little bit of both. It's not terrible. I've just played a lot of better. I wanted it to be game, game dev tycoon and, and it is not, not that good. At least not yet. And also if you get like a certain number of arcs in a row correct you get a special arc but there's no guidance on that at all so i got a tearjerker completely by mistake and i think it was like i had to do a prologue a filler and then a revelation or something like that (laughs) or something really random that like i'm like these do not seem like they resolve in a tearjerker to um like pick what kind of things you're going to stick into the manga chapter you invest plot points and that determines how many plot points you invest determines what sort of arc it's going to be. And to get plot points, you have to go outside, which you don't have any time to do because you are a manga cut. <laughs> and you also have to spend money because you have to like go to a restaurant or a gallery. Oh, in order to earn yourself some plot points? Yes. Interesting. Huh. And you have to invest them all at the start of the week when you're doing a weekly series. So are there different types? Can you also have like a monthly series? Yeah, well, that's what I... Well, I assume it's all weeklies. I don't know if there's a monthly. You can do one-shots. If I had any time, I could write another one-shot, but you can't work on it in your spare time. Once you commit to something, you have to finish it. But how does that work with something like One Piece that I'm pretty sure is never going to end? Well, I'm pretty sure that's the end game. (laughs) Also, you can hire editor assistants, but I don't know how. Because anytime anyone gets scouted, I don't have enough money for them anyway. (laughs) Also Uh, accurate. (laughs) No, most mangaka have a number of assistants. They get thanked in the back. That is fair. Yeah, like... uh, Like the guy who drew all of Naruto in the second half, we're all pretty sure. (laughs) After uh, the guy whose name I can't think of because I'm a terrible person, his hand seized up and he could no longer draw. He's now drawing Samurai. Uh, That's probably what the dude who's writing Hunter x Hunter should do. Is get a few assistants to draw it. He just has too much pride. He's just gonna plot it. Uh, how did that? How did that joke go? Should we just all admit that Hunter x Hunter is yeah. canceled? He should just get the guy who draws Doctor Stone to draw it, since <laughs> apparently he has enough <laughs> time to draw two manga in a week. What deal with the devil did this man make? <laughs> he just never goes outside. Well, then how does he keep coming up with excellent science plots? Because he, he's not the one coming up with the science plots. He's just drawing it. Yeah, uh, Doctor Stone is a writer artist, uh, okay. which is more and more common in the world of manga. The other guy goes outside to get the plot points generated. He just stays indoors. I was going to say, that's how like American comics yeah. were for a long time, yes. right? But it's a lot more money to pay two people. That is fair. Yep. 
And then, and, you know, Shonen Jump costs 99 cents for 200 pages of comics. Yeah, there is also that. I was going to say, at some point, either you get burnout or you end up with the One Piece webcomic, which, oh, God, oh, God, One why? One Punch Man, you mean? Oh, yeah, did I say One Piece? Yeah, no, I meant One Punch Man, where everything is drawn by a four-year-old. Speaking of being drawn by a four-year-old, we played Freddy Farkas, pharmacist of the frontier. (laughs) Freddy Frontiermacist. Freddy Farkas, frontier pharmacist. Freddy Farkas, frontier pharmacist. Freddy Farkas, frontier pharmacist. (laughs) Freddy Farkas, frontier pharmacist. Uh, Yeah, I was trying to come up with dumb ways to say it, and I was just drawing a blank. It's one of those pointy-clicky adventure-y gamies. It it starts with the Ballad of Freddy Farkas. I am not a fan of these. I have found in the few games that we've played, I don't really like the the point-and-click adventure games. I'm not either, although I was when I was eight, and these were the thing. I Yeah, and I guess that's where I ended up on. Like, there are some of them that I still really like, but I think it's because they're actually fairly logical and coherent, and they're more telling a story than they are making you solve puzzles. Yeah, and this one is an interesting setup. It's, I mean, most of the humor is kind of Mel Brooksy, like, putting modern standards on this weird pastime. Like, you have an Indian Joe in front of your shop that... Is, like, philosophizing about this. <laughs> and there are lots of political correctness jokes about him that I don't think quite land anymore. But, like, they're not quite offensive either. But in, they're in this weird valley where they're not funny. Yep. Although there was, like, there was some excellent wordplay where he's like, I haven't talked to you because I was afraid I was going to get a massive rejection. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was a pretty good joke. <laughs> there's a lot of clever writing that I just don't think quite lands. It's fully voice acted, which is very impressive for a game of this time, and it's voice acted competently as well. Yes. It, like, nothing is terrible. There were some not great voice actors. I don't think there were any great voice actors either, so it's it's all pretty medium. Well, I think it's. I think MechWarrior 2 is entirely voice acted. Yeah, but that's like three years later. Maybe. I don't remember the release date on MechWarrior 2. It's also like a weirdly adult story, not in nature, but like I find it oddly mature. In particular, the relationship between the main character and the love interest is just like very like it doesn't have any of the general romance tropes. It's just two people who are attracted to each other and have decided to pursue this. (laughs) (laughs) One of them does end up kidnapped by a villain, but you know, it happens. So, uh, th- what what is the story of Freddy Fargus? He he was the best gunslinger of the land, and then his ear got shot off, and he said, nope, not doing that, and then he went and got a pharmacology degree and opened up a pharmacy. Yeah. But his past still haunts him. He never really got rid of his combat boots. I tried getting into this game, was then, like, kind of got myself a little bit stuck, and was like, I don't care. I was going to watch a playthrough of this so I knew a little bit more about what was going on. But uh, when I was about to do that, my internet decided it didn't want to work anymore, so I couldn't do that. Yeah, I had an awful, awful week and played this mostly at five in the morning last Thursday when I realized, <laughs> hey, we're going to have crime to record tonight. I should play this. And then we didn't end up having didn't. time to record because I got called into work and I haven't really had any time to play it since. The real problem with it is the interface is just obtuse, especially by any modern standards. It's so difficult to take things out of your inventory and use them. I really like the gimmick of the credits being rolling as you walk through the town towards your pharmacy. That is a nice touch. I think it's a good touch, but then, like, getting into my pharmacy was just so hard, and it shouldn't have been, like, trying to wrangle my inventory to get the key out and use it on the key, and then getting into my back room. I was expecting, probably because this is how this would work in modern days, you just walk up to the door and it would automatically use the key. Or right-click on it and... And be able to just open up your inventory, but I walked up and it's like, the door is locked. Okay. 
So I'm like, okay, so I must have to go over here and go back. No, there's nothing there. How do I? And, and I, I was like, like hey, I Indian click- man who I hire, how do I get into my pharmacy? And he's like, political <laughs> correctness joke. Well, and then I, I started just basically clicking on every button that looked like it might be a button. And they're like, there's a key. How do I use this? And then I finally figured it out. Well, the thing that kept throwing me off is that if you right click, it switches through your different like interaction modes. modes and that's... It's just too clunky, right? Yeah, it, it's it, not a bad idea. It's just too clunky. Yeah. Like we know better now. And so that's one of the things that kept throwing me off is just because it's like, I want to do this thing. No, no, I actually no, feel like no. that's a good summation for this entire game is it's not a bad idea. It's just too clunky. Yeah. And there's an entire like pharmacist simulator thing too, where you get all the drugs and you get their like actual drug names and you have to mix them in the proper portions and put them into the proper form. The main problem is you have to look at the like prescription and then start working. And they're all the proper scientific names for these. So they just don't stick in your head at all. And again, the interface becomes your main opponent. Your trouble is remembering what you're supposed to be mixing more than mixing or any of that being the challenge. And because you can't hold your prescription up in front of you while you're doing it. Like a human being would. If I remember right, if you actually set it as your active item, you can actually use it, check it. Oh, that would be useful. But you can't have it up while you're doing anything else. You have to constantly switch back to it. So it's just a pain. There are lots of ideas I like in this game. I did find myself a little bit charmed by it. But at the end of the day, it's a point-and-click adventure game. It's a vessel for telling jokes, and it stretches its three hours of content out by being obtuse and making you try to guess where you're supposed to go next. Which I think is a hallmark of these point-and-click adventure games of this era, is that they uh, stretch their runtime by making you try and figure out what you're supposed to be doing. Well, it's a problem with all old video games, is there's literally not enough room for the amount of content that would satisfy someone paying what a video game costs, so you have to find a way to stretch it out. NES games, it was you made them ridiculously hard. With these point-and-click adventure games, instead, it was make Make them them very difficult to figure out what to do. And with RPGs, it was make gaming experience very slow. Well, I mean, Doom. Yeah, Doom, again, is a couple of years after this. It's only one year after this. And but, it holds up. Yeah, but hell, it's a whole it, year. And also, free. and also, John Carmack is a software engineer wizard where people are like, how did you do this? And, um, <laughs> well, Wolfenstein came out before it. And while Wolfenstein's controls are really clunky. It was the beta version of Doom. Pretty much. Have you ever tried to play Wolfenstein? I have, one? yes. God, the inability to strafe. Why? It was a different They hadn't time. invented strafing yet, Zach. Apparently not. Like, trying to play that and not being able to strafe, I was just like, what the hell? Modern humans have not invented strafing. Yeah, that was, well, that was a uh, Gulf War One technology. <laughs> Is there anything else we want to say about Freddy Farkas? I feel like we're giving it a little bit of a downturn, but, like, none of us played a ton of it. I don't think it's bad. I don't find it offensive in any, in any way, but I also don't find it to be, like, worth holding up in any way. Like, it was definitely interesting, and I like some of the things they did, but, like, as a vessel for comedy goes, it's no Monkey Island. Yeah, like, the production values are good. The people working on this tried their hardest, and I think did an earnest effort, and deserved the payday they got, but it doesn't really hold up to a modern day. I've got at least one of those problems of, if you don't have my attention in the first 15 minutes, I'm not interested. Um, and this one didn't get me. Like, I didn't really care about the main character, especially getting into the pharmacy and having the uh, the pharmacist like desk and not being able to figure out what the hell I'm supposed to be doing. That's just irritating to me. So, like, I would say this is a bad game, but that's probably because I have a different standard on what constitutes gameplay from other people. Okay, so speaking of standards of gameplay, we have a list 
of the video games we played from most to least standardized. That's not what the list is at all. <laughs> from from most passing of standards to least passing of standards. Chrono Trigger got a uh, perfect score on the ACTs. Good job, Chrono Trigger. Harvest Moon doesn't need an education. It's a farmer. It's in the middle. <laughs> That's not how I do this, but it's how I'm doing it this time. A City Connection fails its driving test, where you're taking away its license. I thought Phantasmagoria got beneath City Connection. No, Phantasmagoria is... Where is it? It got pretty low, for it sure. It did, but it's not below. I could have sworn it was right there. No, Night Trap is the one that's right above City oh, Connection. Oh, Night Trap was the one I was thinking of. Okay. So, Secret of Monkey Island is the game that Tyler keeps comparing this to. I will agree, it's not that good. The Secret of Monkey Island is actually funny and clever. Yeah, I'd agree with that. It's got a lot of good jokes. I think that there was a reason one of these games got a remake. Probably. Yeah, I was, we had a discussion today about the whole remastering thing on Zeta Gundam. I saw some of that. It's like there are some games I want remastered. There are also games I don't want remastered. And then like just having access to like Martian Successor, Nautisco, and Record of Lotus War, just being able to get my hands on those, even though they've been out of print for a long time. So Phantasmagoria is the next game like this we have. I also think Phantasmagoria is like, production values push it ahead, although I would say that's also a strength of Freddy Farkas. I think Phantasmagoria is a lot more interesting. You're pro- It's probably a lot more interesting. I liked the aesthetic here, probably because it wasn't the uh, live action, but the live action does lend the Phantasmagoria, the FMV, you know, the quality of that one. Makes it really nice, and quite honestly, that cowboy right at the beginning really kind of pissed me off in this game. So <laughs> I probably would agree that I'd probably put Phantasmagoria above it. I think I disagree, even though I'm outvoted. Um, uh, Night Trap's the next game like this on the list. I definitely think it's better than Night Trap. Yes. <laughs> which is not really a point-and-click adventure anyway, but... Night it's... Trap is closer to f- uh, Five Nights at Freddy's than it is a point-and-click adventure game. Let's see. A Postal 2 is a game we can argue about. I would put this above Postal 2 for having some artistry and something to say. <laughs> I'd put Postal 2 above it for being more fun to play. Is it, though? Yes. I, don't, I didn't find Postal 2 more fun to play, I would say. Uh, I don't think the pharmacy mechanic... Like, the only problem with the pharmacy mechanics in this game, I think, are not being able to see the prescription at the same time. I don't know. That might just make it boring, like, literally point-and-click stuff. Uh, but I would be interested in playing that. I also think, like, Postal 2 having that option of, like, actually just playing the game the way... The, you know, just doing what you're supposed to be doing, or treating it like a sandbox, even if it's a very tiny sandbox the same thing with like gta you can go out and get the gra- you know grab the, the car and be like yes i'm just going to play taxi driver for the next 15 minutes tyler yeah i mean i guess i prefer uh <laughs> freddy farkas but also i have a soft spot for point and click adventures i don't know zach made a pretty compelling argument there though so what's your choice so yeah. where do you lie yeah no I, I think i'm agreeing with zach i think as much as it pains me to say that anything is worse than Postal 2 at this point. So long time bottom of the list that has been surpassed by I think more than 10 games now. Yep, by 14 games, Space Harrier. Um, I think I prefer this to Space Harrier. There wasn't really anything to Space Harrier. I think I prefer to play Space I Harrier. I think I'm going to agree with Tyler. Space Harrier's, I think, a lot more boring. <laughs> um, right above that, we have Operation Wolf. The, oh, I forgot about the that game. The problem with Operation Wolf, at least from our perspective, is that it's a light gun game that we couldn't play with a light gun. But it's also a light gun game that you gave you the option of playing without a light gun. <laughs> um, And having played similar games since Operation Wolf is still not great, I think I prefer me some Cowboy Old West adventures. 
Yeah, I'd probably give it to it, but that's largely because, like I said, we couldn't play Operation Wolf with a light gun, which I guess at the same time means, why did you release a light gun game when you couldn't play it with a light gun? I still think it's pretty mediocre. It doesn't really have anything interesting. It's no time crisis. Right above that is Baseball for the Game Boy. Uh-huh. I also think this is better than Baseball for Game Boy. I, I, I agree. I was trying to remember how that differed from Baseball for the NES. Uh, it was worse. That's how. <laughs> More on the Game Boy, less good. I think I would agree. So the final question becomes, is this better or worse than Secret Command? That game that is not Rambo. Oh, that one. Okay. Oh, well, that's, to uh, that's totally not Rambo? Yeah. Secret Command's more fun to talk about, but I don't think it's a better game. I'd rather play Secret Command, because if I remember right, that one also had co-op. You could play it with a friend. Yeah, you could be Blue Rambo, I assume. Blambo. <laughs> um, I was going to say, if you get enough players, then you'll have an entire rainbow. That didn't work as well as I wanted it to. Um, <laughs> um, I think I prefer Freddy Farkas. I think... Like I said, you have no taste. This is true. So Freddy Farkas, Frontier Pharmacist, goes at number 268, above Secret, Command, and below Postal 2. Sorry, game. I don't have any time to play video games right now, so let's not. Let's play a pinball game. Let's play Super Mario Ball, also called uh, Mario Pinland, uh, Pinball Land, for the Game Boy Advance. It is on the Wii Virtual Console. I have, I didn't even know the this Wii existed. The Wii Virtual Console? Wii U, I'm sorry. Okay. It's a Game Boy Advance game. It looks like bad Game Boy Advance 3D graphics, but if that's just the opening scene and it's pinball, it'll be fine. <laughs> so next time on Last Time, it's us, a pinball! <laughs> <laughs>